Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. I'm Morgan. Hey, hello. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out, but I'm back. Now, I'm going to make fun of the Kardashians for saying the same exact thing that I just said because I took a week off. You know, it's not like I really went (laughs) anywhere, but I do still feel like I'm back. I'm feeling refreshed. I had a little break. Like I said, it was only one week, but it killed me. Can I tell you that? I hated not having an episode out last week. I don't know. My anxiety was like through the roof about it, but at least now I can finally tell you why I didn't have an episode out last week. Um, And it's very exciting news. I am with a new media company, which is very, very exciting. Um, I am with Heard at Media. We've been going through a little transitional phase here at MPT. Um, And I just want to say that nothing at all happened with the dip. Um, They just have decided to go in a new direction. And I really, really do still love and appreciate everything that they did for me, for the podcast. And I hope that you continue to support them on the website. I know I still will be using the site uh, to connect with pop culture and reality TV lovers. Um, But you know, it is what it is. And honestly, if it weren't for the dip, I would have not had the courage to even start a podcast. I'm being real with you straight up. I didn't think that I could do it. And I had always wanted to. I felt like I would enjoy it. Um, But until Kate and Lindsay approached me and asked me to do it, I really just didn't have the confidence in myself to do it. So I'm so eternally grateful to the dip to getting me where I am today. And now, I mean, the sky's the limit with her dad. Uh, They have tons of amazing podcasts. You guys know Dax and Adam from Hollywood Raw. They're on the same network. So super excited and lots of good things are coming. You know what I'm not excited about this week? All this Bachelor Nation drama. Are you kidding me? Emotionally, I can only care about like two Bachelor Nation drama stories at one time, which today we're going to talk about the Nate and Deandra of it all. And we're also going to get into a little review of Gabby and Rachel's episode. Um, So I cannot talk about what's going on with Nick Vial and his girlfriend and Katie Thurston. Dave Neal did a wonderful recap video of it. Um, and I'll just give you a like a little two cents. It all started when Katie did this live and she said that she had Nick Vial blocked from her phone. Then Katie does that Instagram tea where she's just, it's not even tea. She's like telling some behind the scenes moments from her season. Nick and his girlfriend, Natalie, were all up in arms about how, uh, I don't even know. I don't care. I don't even know what they're bad about. All I know is that I think it's kind of weird that Natalie cares so much about something that she was like not involved in (laughs) at all. And that is that on that. I'm not getting into it. I'm telling you, I'm not getting into it. So let's actually get into our pop three. These are the three biggest headlines of the week. And we'll start off with the Bachelor Nation drama just so we can get it over with. Deandra and Nate. So Bachelor Nation was in a tizzy this week when Deandra was spotted hanging out with Nate. Deandra was on Pilot Peter season and was on a season of Bachelor in Paradise. Nate, we all know, just recently ended his engagement to the former Bachelorette, Michelle Young. Um, So all of this information comes from the subreddit you know, uh, the bachelor subreddit. And this was going to be the deep dive this week, but I just didn't find any 
you know, new information to give to you guys. So um, also just break it all down. So Deandra was celebrating Nate's birthday with a group of people. Um, Rodney was in attendance and there was just all these photos circulating online of them walking down the boardwalk and them sitting in a bar together. Now, this is the first kind of, I don't want to call it a red flag, but it caught my attention. The photo of them sitting at the bar and their knees are touching. Some people are like, oh my God, are you kidding me? It's not a big deal. Their knees are touching in a bar. And this could be just me and like 99.9% of the time I'm approved anyways, but like back in the day, okay, remember like sixth grade when you were trying to flirt with somebody you liked, but you were too afraid to actually like hold their hand or just like lay one on them. What would you do? You would like inch certain pieces of your body body like closer to the other person. You know what I mean? Whether it be like a hand, like, oh, our hands are grazing, our pinkies are touching. Or if you're sitting on a couch at like a birthday party in the sixth grade and you just like nuzzle over and your knees touch a little bit and you're like, oh, that's the kind of vibe that I got from this picture. Just saying. On the other hand, Bachelor Nation does meet up all the time. I mean, do these people have friends before they go on The Bachelor? Do they just kick all their old friends to the curb once they are on The Bachelor? Because it seems like they only hang out with each other. Um, in the comments of this subreddit was a very interesting timeline of it all. Um, so way, way back, this was like in May, Deandra said that she's interested in Nate as Michelle's season is airing. Then May 29th, they start interacting on social media, follows, liking posts. Um, but she was not the only Bachelor Nation, Nation person that Nate was following at that moment. So then June comes around. June 2nd, Michelle's birthday weekend. Um, she's on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast saying this is the first time she's seen Nate in four weeks, that they had to reintroduce each other. June 3rd is Michelle's birthday. June 4th, they go to Wango Tango together looking pretty uncomfortable, if you ask me. And then June 17th, breakup post. So in between, you know, June 4th, the birthday weekend and June 17th, they split. Michelle also didn't go on bachelor happy hour that week because she was feeling under the weather. June 22nd, like a week later, Deandra likes a thirst trap posted by Nate and he follows her on TikTok. Okay. Like this is like magnifying glass type of stuff. Like, does it, does it all really add up I don't know, but then the plot really thickened, thickened because Michelle blocked Nate on Instagram. How do we know that? All of the tagged photos are gone. All of his likes on her old pictures are gone, not showing up in the follower counts. And then Michelle also messaged some Bachelor Nation accounts saying that she needed to unfollow them for the time being to protect her peace, her mental health. And, and I'm paraphrasing this part because she didn't want to see you know some things that were going on. So does that mean that Michelle blocked Nate because he did something to make her upset and block him? Or does she just not want to see his name, face, account, so on and so forth? Let me say this. Where there is smoke, there is fire. And that's my opinion on that.
All right. Our second headline in this week's pop three, the Kardashians season two trailer is here. And Courtney goes, we're back in case you missed us. You're literally never gone, Courtney. You're never gone to be back. Never. Even when you're on a TV break, this was like four months. And I was so excited because the first season was 10 episodes. And I was like, this is great because this is leaving the people wanting more. But nope, literally three seconds later, we're back. (laughs) You were never gone. (sighs) Kim's back with her new boyfriend. Did you know that Kim had a boyfriend? I literally had no idea. None. None whatsoever. His name is Pete Davidson. He has dated, was engaged to Ariana Grande, has dated some other celebs, but you know, they're quirky, they're fun, they're cute. (laughs) Kylie is featured a lot in this trailer. Will she show up on the show at all? Or did they just use every piece of footage from Kylie in the trailer to make us think that she would actually be in season two? Um, It's talking a lot about her baby. Will we get a baby name in season two? I'm thinking yes, because look, Kyle's, You didn't pull your weight the first time around, so let's step it up. Give us something. It has been ages, and we still don't know Kylie Baby's second child's name. It was Wolfie. Wolfie Baby. It ain't anymore. Kendall's there. We get Kravis wedding content, which I need to know the thought process behind Court's wedding dress decision. Um, Y'all know I was not a fan. I understand. Do I understand it? I don't want to lie to you. I don't know that I understand it. (laughs) Oh, it hurts me to be mean to Kravis because I do enjoy them as a couple. I think they clearly love each other very much, but like we have waited. We have waited a long time for Court's wedding moment and that was the moment and it just left me a little disappointed, but whatever floats your boat, you only have one life to live. Freaking live it. Chloe, I'm going to make a bold prediction here and say she's going to put out some feelers for her new man. In the in the trailer, she's talking about being in love and feeling alive and like believing in love. And, you know, there's all these rumors. It's always the rumors. Chloe is dating this new, I think it's like a private equity investor, something along those lines. I believe it. I believe it. Because I want to. You know what they say in every single trailer? No matter how crazy things are, we're always going to be family. Kim Kardashian. Like, put that on her tombstone. We're always going to be family. Every single season. Like, we know. We know that y'all are a family. That's the whole premise of the show. Now, one thing that we have no idea about is Kris Jenner's hospital moment. I didn't know that she was ever in the hospital. So that it's it's just nice to go into the season not really knowing everything because they're always on social media posting everything. We're gonna get the China courtroom drama. And then you know at the end we get we get Kim and Pete for the first time on our televisions. Babe, you wanna shower with me really quick? Why are they showering with a whole camera crew present after the Met Gala? I'm just saying. Let's move on to the third and final headline in this week's pop three. Kyle Richards 
has been getting some heat about the latest episodes of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, Last week, and I know that this comes out on Thursday, so technically there was another episode last night, but everyone was all up in arms when a drunk Erica Jane cursed at Garcelle's 14-year-old son at Garcelle's birthday party. And then in a scene, Kyle, Mauricio, Dorit, and PK we're laughing. Oh, it's so nice to see Erica letting her hair down. Like she's not letting her hair down. She's having a problem, you guys. Don't you think? Dorit, it's funny to me that Kyle is getting the majority of the backlash here because Dorit, in my opinion, was like the real flip-flopper, you know, in her confessional. Oh, I'm just sick over it. I'm sick over it, PK. And then in the very next scene, but Erica gets a major pass from me. I can't do the Dorit accent because it's like 12 different accents in one. I promise I'm trying. But people were coming for Kyle. They were upset. They were saying, if this was one of your daughters, Kyle Richards, you would not be laughing. People were going to Portia's Instagram and writing mean things on her comments. That's never the vibe, you guys. Like, two rights don't make a wrong, you know? Is that the golden rule? It's a golden rule if it's not the golden rule. No, you know what the golden rule is? Treat others the way you'd like to be treated, which also applies to people leaving mean comments on Portia's Instagram. So Kyle did this Amazon live. She's on vacation and she's still like selling products on Amazon because, you know, the bag never sleeps. But she was saying that her and Mauricio apologized to Garcelle uh, privately and that she felt really bad about it. She said that she should have known better than to comment on something that she wasn't there to witness in per- person, which um, I believe that she is sorry, you know, because Kyle, she does care a lot about her family, although some people would beg to differ with Kim Richard's situation. That's neither here nor there in this argument. When it comes to her kids, she's very protective over her kids. Kyle also said in the same live that she apologized to Sutton about being insensitive about um, Sutton talking about her pregnancy losses. Um, And, you know, Kyle said something on this live like, you would think in 12 years I would have known better. Like, yes, but also if you can't take the heat, like stay out the kitchen, you're on reality TV. Not everybody is going to love you at every second of every episode of every season. And I feel like for the most part, Kyle is pretty beloved. Um, it also seems to me like Kyle really cares what people think about her. And sometimes I feel like when you're on reality TV, you can't be that way because – and. When I listen to Giggly Squad on occasion, they've mentioned this, like your favorite Bravo lebs are not as great as you think they are. And the ones you hate aren't as bad as you think they are. So it's like, Kyle, you had a moment. I'm actually like, I don't want to say I'm glad to see a fall from grace because I don't even think that's what it is. I just kind of like that she's getting some heat because she never does. She never does. But I think she'll be fine. So a little bit of an honorable mention before we get to the deep dive, because I had the podcast recorded, we were done, we were enjoying our Wednesday evening, and then I get a breaking news alert from TMZ. Khloe Kardashian is expecting her second child with Tristan Thompson. 
via surrogate. Uh, <laughs> it pains me. It pains me. I got to keep it short because this was not in the episode, but oh my gosh, Tristan is such trash. I try to be nice. I can't be nice about him any longer. Literally, the TMZ article said that the baby was due within days or that it's already here. So literally, he got another woman pregnant on his 30th birthday, knowing that he was expecting another child with her via surrogate. What? I mean, I, I'm, I can't speak, so I'm not going to. Maybe next week we'll dive a little bit deeper into that because right now I just can't do it. So let's get to our real deep dive this week. Every single week on my Instagram, I open up the DMs for whatever it is that you guys want to know more about. And this week, the deep dive question comes to us from Jessica. Hey, Morgan. This is Jessica from Sacramento, California. A Jen Shaw deep dive is a must. How shocked were you when she pled guilty after claiming her innocence for so long? I'm so excited to hear about this on the pod as I am such a huge fan. Thanks and love you like a sis. This was wild and nobody saw it coming. Literally when Ronald Richards, Ronald Richards needs to be a friend of on the Real Housewives franchises. He is up to date on all things Erica Jane, on all things Jennifer Shaw. Like he's there, ready to go. So... He posted like real breaking news. This was on Monday. Jen Shaw is about to plead guilty. And we were all like, huh? I mean, after nearly a year of proclaiming her innocence on the show and on our social media, she had free Jen Shaw merch. Her tune very different in a New York City courtroom this week as she admitted her guilt to a federal judge. Inner City Press was live tweeting this. When I tell you, I've never stalked a page so fast. I was like refreshing every five seconds. My app crashed. (laughs) Twitter crashed because I was refreshing so many times. So really long story short, she admitted that she committed wire fraud, offering services with little to no value. She said we use interstate telephones and emails and that she knew many of the purchased, why can't I say that word? Purchasers, that's it. There you go. Many purchasers, I hate my life. See, this is why I could never like be a, a smart criminal. I can't even say the word purchaser. <laughs> uh, they were over the age of 55, okay? And she said, I'm so sorry. When Judge Sidney H. Stein asked if she knew it was wrong and illegal, she responded, yes, your honor. So now what? Jen's sentencing is on November 28th, I think, although I've seen like a bunch of different things about whether it's going to be before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving. But what I read online said November 28th, uh, while she faces a maximum penalty of up to 30 years in prison, she agreed that she will not appeal her sentence if it's 168 months or less, that's 14 years. So if the judge says you get 14 years, she's not going to appeal it and she gets 14 years. She also agreed to forfeit $6 million and to pay $9 million in restitution. So let's go back to the beginning, shall we? Let's take a trip down Mem Lane. She was arrested on March 30th, 2021 for allegedly scamming hundreds of people out of money, specifically targeting those over 55 through a telemarketing scheme that spanned six states. Do you remember where you were 
when Jen Shaw was arrested. I do. I was in the Kohl's parking lot. I had just made it rain with some Kohl's cash. I was checking the gram as we do before we put that car in reverse and headed out there. Do we know where the ladies of Salt Lake City were? They were also in a parking lot, in a parking lot of their own in the Sprinter van at Beauty Lab and Laser. She denied all of the allegations. When she was arrested, she claimed that her husband, Sharif, was in the hospital with internal bleeding. Here's what I want to know. Obviously, the majority of us thought that that was a lie, that when she got the call, she was being tipped off, that the feds were on their way, and that she needed to get out of there. But then Coach Shaw got up there at that reunion and defended his wife and backed up what she was saying. Is he in on it? Did he lie? Was he in the hospital? Or was someone tipping Jen off? Inspector. I wanted to say Morgan, but I don't know the answer to the question. So I'm not Inspector Gadget just yet. It's just what I want to know. So according to page six, Jen Shaw was initially charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. She had a video hearing on April 2nd, 2021, where she pled not guilty. I think this was the hearing when the Bravoverse essentially like crashed the server because we were all skipping work to listen to it. You could like phone in and listen on your phone. Uh, Prosecutors blasted her, you know, saying she was essentially the kingpin, saying she was at the highest level of the fraud that netted her at least five million in crime proceeds. At that time, U.S. District Judge Sidney Stein, who was the one who was in court this past week, agreed that Jen Shaw was a flight risk and restricted her travel to Utah, parts of New York, and Washington, D.C., and also ordered her to turn over her passport. Even in this moment, free Jen Shaw, she's saying, I'm innocent. You're innocent until proven guilty. So her trial was supposed to start on July 18th. So we were getting down to the wire. We were about a week away. And I just think that it wasn't looking good. Her assistant, Stu Chains, was going to testify against against her. Pretty much everyone under her had taken plea deals. It was not looking good. And obviously no trial now as she has admitted guilt. Um, She's facing up to 30 years in jail. She's asking in her plea deal that her sentence is reduced to 11 to 14 years. I mean, this is like wild, but the wildest thing, like how she was proclaiming her innocence this whole entire time. In March, she wrote on her Instagram, I'm innocent and look forward to the trial so you along with everyone else can see the truth. During the season two reunion, she's like, I'm fighting this. I'm innocent and I will fight for every person out there that can't fight for themselves because they don't have the resources or the means, whatever. She lied. I have a sneaking feeling that Jen Shaw is one of those people that lie so much that they start to believe their own lies, you know? So how are people around Jen Shaw responding? Well, Meredith not having a great week. Who's calling who a fraud? Love you, baby. Bye. Her tune also changed real quick because a day before Jen pled guilty, she wrote this on Instagram. For those of you who may not know this, I live in the United States of America. And in the U.S., one has a right to a trial and is presumed innocent until proven 
guilty, which is true. But like 180, sis, who's calling who a fraud? I live in the United States of America, you know, like two very different sentiments there. I bet she's she's feeling some type of way right now. I believe they are filming because Jen was spotted in New York City with Heather and Meredith like days before this happened. Andy Cohen was on his radio show saying that he too was sad, upset. He felt duped. You know, he was like, I really started to believe her, the reunion. He's like, you get to know these people. And then she pleads guilty. And he said he just felt like sad about it. So predictions, let's do predictions. I think that she will get 11 years in the slammer. I heard on Juicy Scoop that in federal prisons, you do the majority of the time that you're sentenced. I don't know if that's true, but I believe everything I hear on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Another prediction, I think Coach Shaw will stay with her on paper, if you know what. I mean, I mean, in season one, she was like, you're never home, dude. Remember, she was like crying on the bed. I need my husband. You're never home. So do we really think that? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to stir the pot, but here we are. I'm stirring it. I feel bad for the boys. I do. I feel like the kids have the worst part in this because they have not absolutely nothing to do with it. Their whole life is now flipped upside down. Their mother is going to federal prison. Um, you know that the kids at school are talking about it. So I do feel for the boys. What a wild, wild ride. All right, you guys, to wrap up this week's episode, it was the season premiere of The Bachelorette this week. The best friends, the BFFs forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They have known each other for 10 months, but they are besties for the resties. Two bachelorettes this season, Rachel and Gabby. You guys, they don't know how it's going to work. They're winging it. They don't know what's going to happen if they like the same guys. I mean, they only told us that every five seconds. I don't know how it's going to work. What if we like the same guys? We got to trust the journey. I don't know how it's going to work. We're winging it. I believe that love is here. I don't know how it's going to work. Like, we get it. Y'all don't know. Y'all are unprepared. Um, Going into it, I was worried for Rachel. In the middle of the episode, I was worried for Gabby. And then by the end of it, my initial reason for being worried about Rachel came back. It was a full circle moment. Let me unpack that. Going into this episode, they it's all about branding. They're branding the leads. They're two best friends. Gabby's the goofy, funny one. Rachel is the sweet, down-to-earth one. It reminded me a lot of Caitlin and Britt Nielsen, where, you know, Caitlin was the goofy, funny one. Britt was America's sweetheart. It's giving exact same vibes. And whenever this started, I was like, I don't want to say the guys always go for the funny one, but... I mean, in Caitlyn and Britt's season, they literally had to like say, I want to be with with Caitlyn or I want to be with Britt. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they're not going to do it that way. And maybe we don't have to worry about that situation. So then in the middle of the episode, I started getting worried about Gabby, um, that maybe she was too goofy and that people weren't going to take her seriously. Um, Bachelor Data, one of my favorite Instagram said they both got, the same amount of screen time. Rachel got a little bit more like 
one to two minutes more screen time for just Rachel. Um, but then by the end of the episode, you know, so in the episode, I'm I'm thinking like, wow, Rachel is a good lead. You know, she knows what to say. She knows how to interact with the guys. I guess I was surprised because during Clayton's season, all I heard was Rachel whispering to Clayton that she really liked him a lot and watch out for my dad because he might slit your throat. But like, wow, she really grabbed the bull by the horns. And I was like, okay, okay, Rachel, I see you. But then by the end of it, we get that teaser for the season and they, the boys do end up picking where Rachel asks Meatball if they want to accept the rose. That should never be a sentence that anybody has to say. And Meatball's like, I'm actually here for Gabby. So they do at some point choose. And, and it made it seem like in the teaser that a lot of the guys pick Gabby. So like I said, full circle moment. They always like the funny ones. Um, but let's get into like the gist of the, the episode. So a lot of Clayton slander. It was really annoying. Um, Clayton and Susie, they were good sports about it, but voiced their displeasure. Can't say that I blame them. Like, let's just move on. Uh, limo entrances. The two guys that really stood out to me were Avon and Tino. I don't remember why they stood out to me. It's just written down in my notes. So maybe they really didn't stand out all that much. Um, one thing that I really liked, and I mentioned this on uh, the Instagram and TikTok pages, is I was I was waiting the toast. Okay, you know they walk in and they give the toast. Thank you all for being here. Like we're ready to find love. Whoop whoop. Um, you know a guy always beelines it for the lead and and pulls her first. And I was just waiting. I was like, who's gonna do it and who are they gonna pull? Because imagine being like Rachel in that situation if a guy just runs up and grabs Gabby like that would feel kind of crappy. I was waiting for it to happen, waiting, 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 and it never did. So I feel like that was a very strategic move by production because then in the next clip, the two of them are on like a a one-on-one together, even though it's not a one-on-one look semantics, but you get what I'm saying. I can't remember who they were talking to. I think it might've been the twins, but I liked that. I was like, okay, they are making strategic decisions to make sure that they both feel comfortable in the moment. We had our first kisses. The first kiss was Gabby and Mario and like the rest of the world. At first I thought it was awkward, but Gabby said she liked it. So I liked it. And then Rachel and Tino on the stairs. Love it. Um, Then you have like the crossover. These are the people that like them both Logan and Eric. Eric is the mullet guy. He reminds me so much of Nick Bial. The next time that Eric Molokai comes on your TV, think about Nick Vial. You'll never be able to unsee it. Ever. Our first impression roses, Rachel gave it to Tino. I just had a feeling. They were vibing hard. And they were like making out after she gave him the first impression rose. And he grabbed her head. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I got a little like tingle. On my, on my couch when that happened. And then Gabby also gave her first impression rose to Mario. No rose ceremony. They just gave the hard passes the axe. They were like, you know what? Mm, let's just take this outside. Look, guys, thank you for coming along this journey that lasted approximately 
two weeks of quarantine and 24 hours here filming, but it's going to be a no for me, dog. And then the twins and Roby peaced out. So there are 27 guys left. Um, I know I touched a lot about the previews about how things are going to get messy. Um, one thing I really liked about the preview for the entire season, I like the idea of them going on double dates. I can't remember who it was with, but it was just four of them. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. And then it seems like at some point they will have the rose ceremony, but the guys will have had to have made up their mind um, by that point, you know, and alas, we're back to the reason why I was concerned about Rachel to begin with, but look, they're besties. <laughs> so they're going to be fine. Right. Right. I think so. I think they're going to be good. I think it's going to be a good season. Although the ratings came out right before I started recording this podcast and it was down, I think, 9% from the last premiere. Is The Bachelor dying a slow and painful death? I don't know. But if they are, I enjoy it. All right, you guys, that does it for this week's episode of MPT. If you like the pod, do me a favor, would you? Give us a little five-star rating. Give us a review. It makes my heart so happy to read all the wonderful things that you guys say about the pod. I put a lot of time and energy and heart into it because I love you like a sis, some would say. So whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you get your podcast, you want to give me a little boop, boop, five-star rating, I will be eternally grateful. And we will see you back here next week for MPT. Love you like a sis. Bye. Ahura Media Production.